Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. everyone and welcome to Heart and Hand, the Rangers podcast. My name is David Edgar, I am your host as always and uh, despite late call-offs, which is very Rangers I suppose, I've been able to bring in a quality replacement, which well, I'll let you crack your own jokes there. Uh, it's none other than the Sage of Soulcoats, Andy McGowan. Hello there Andy, thank you for stepping in at the last moment. Seventh or eighth choice I hear, that's pretty... Bad even by my standards, but well, we like to we like to ration you out. There's a reason you remain popular. Us poor <laughs> bastards that are out there every day, you know, they're, they're sick of they're sick of us. Um, but uh, no, they they like you. And look, right, let's just start. Sick of, I think, describes the current situation of Rangers fans. Um, I'm going to start at the end for once, which was despite a victory, Rangers held on. And by the way, held on's a right. The right term there for a 1-0 victory against Motherwell. Had Motherwell got one in the last 10 minutes, nobody could have had a complaint. Nobody. Um, but uh, there was some booing on the final whistle. And it's prompted the you know the debate that comes up. Like, well, they won and you should never boo your team after you know, a victory only if they're really... But again, Andy, I go back to that was not specifically about that game. Well, it's part, you know, I'm sure, but not I think it's a symptom of a deeper frustration. There's a malaise at the moment around the way the team are playing. There's a malaise that's that spread into the fans because it's it's so bad, right? What we witnessed yesterday. There's no getting away from it. Let's not dress this up, right? That was below an acceptable standard for Rangers players, professional footballers to put in. And if you don't believe us, Michael Beale said exactly the same afterwards. Aye, it, it's so, so. I'm not a booer per se, right? No, but you're not. No, I'm not. I'm not. And and but I think what we've got to understand is that 
we're lucky they've I've said this a hundred times, we're lucky we get a platform to vent or pontificate, right? If you're an average bear at a game and you want to make it known to whoever, Bill, the board, whoever, the only way you can really do it is at the game. And I think it's the ultimate last resort, if I'm being honest. I think it's it's the last gasp of, of exasperation when you get that kind of thing, booing a, a, a victory. And, it, and it's because of what they witnessed. And we're no stupid, right? We know that winning is the be-on end-all. There is no football except winning football, I think I once said, right? But we're looking for signs of hope and aspiration and just that even off the back of Thursday, we're you know, turning corners. And we don't need to turn that in one fell swoop. We just need to be on the curve, right? And it wasn't there. And that's what happened yesterday. So... I'm not going to condemn it. I'm not going to condone it. Every bear in there has got their own viewpoint and, and right to do as they see fit. Um, but I think it means something. It does. And listen, one of the things that, that I I hear quite a lot is, oh, you need to tell the manager in the press conference as, <laughs> if, he do, as if he doesn't, you know, he won't realise. That's where you tell the the, the the demand they know right they know the reaction against Celtic the reaction against Motherwell they know how the fans feel um, I I don't have a problem with it because it was dire it was really bad yesterday um, let's let's break it down uh, only table I'm afraid so I'm afraid so um, yeah we we'll, we'll perform even if 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 they didn't um, now there are injuries and. Michael Beale said afterwards that what he played was pretty much what he had. Um, Scott Wright returning to the side. First of all, on Scott Wright, Andy, I felt for him because guy with no minutes looked like guy with no minutes thrown into the team. I don't see how that could have been much different, to be quite honest with you. There's a difference between physically fit and Matt Sharp. You know, All players talk about it, all managers talk about it. But what was particularly baffling was he seemed to play in midfield. And Rabi Matondo, who I think it's been proven isn't that good on the right, but is a threat on the left, was on the right. I didn't understand that at all. Well, I mean, on right, he's not my favourite player. I've got to say, I think um, he said opportunities and never really taken them. Um, and, and all things being equal, I'd have gladly seen him out the door in the, in the summer. I think what's happened is that, you know, Players haven't been moved on, and they remain part of the, the regime because we can't afford to just jettison players. There's no in a position that we can do that. And we've got injuries, we've got a schedule. Um, I was surprised to see him start. I've got to be honest, when I seen his name on the on the team, but by the same token, what I've said about Scott Wright in the past is that here's a guy that <clears throat> should be good enough to contribute against the likes of the name of team, Livingston. Mother or whoever, right? He should be able to come into a Rangers team and contribute. And I, I, I mean, that's unfair because he's no, he's no started. But the same token, he's you know, fair enough. I've, um, got, I've got a bit of sympathy for him. You know, five minutes against Servette, and then you know, weeks later, chucked in to a team that's missing all its best players until go and perform. Um, I'm not picking him out as, as the blame um, no. for yesterday. But you're right, when you saw his name in the team sheet, it was like, mm, you know, I don't think any of us expected that. And partially that, Andy, is due to the fact that, with the exception of Jack Butland, none of the summer signings have particularly impressed. Danilo, I would 
you know, place maybe in a separate category mm-hmm. there. But the rest who have had opportunities haven't really shown very much. I actually asked Michael Beale about that yesterday, about if he feels he's getting enough, particularly from Dessers and Lammers, which was my polite way of saying <laughs> you're not getting enough from these two players. Um he made the valid point that the, the service they received yesterday was bad, but this is not just based on what we saw yesterday. Um, Dessers, I, I'll maybe be honest, I, I haven't seen anything from so far. Okay, um, Might well be wrong, but haven't seen anything from him. I know he scored, but I at the moment he looks a puzzling assignment to me. Lammers, you can see he's a good player, manipulates the ball well, but just doesn't seem to affect a game. Hmm. So, you know me, the listeners probably know me as already, we've, we've heard the tales of Haley and Gorham and, you know, waiting for players and I give I give players a lot of leeway in new signings because I, I view Scottish football and when you layer it on top of playing for Rangers, it's a madhouse, it can, you know, affect any player no matter how good they are. With the Essers, I've watched them and I've watched them and I've watched them, I've watched them closely. Um, I think I described him as a, he's probably going to be a, an acquired taste because it, I think to the eye he doesn't really do what you know Morelos did, for example, fight or the rest of it. But I've, I've watched him now enough. Davey, there's some basic stuff there that I don't think it's ever going to be there. He, he, he can't play with a man at his back. He doesn't jump. He's no pace. Um, he doesn't look as lethal in the box as I'd hoped. Um, I could go on, right? He gets caught off the, Side too often. Constantly. Um, the goal yesterday, listen, it's a goal. Would I, would I say it's a striker's goal? I would say no, I think it hit him. He was in the right place at the right time, so we'll give him credit for that and say if it was Chris Boyd, we'd say, ah, Boydie. But the, the, the last hope I have for Dessers before I write him off completely is if he can play in a duo because he can't play up front of the I've seen enough of that. Um, and I know Buell or, or tacticians would argue, well, he's not playing upside his cell, he's got men running about him and he's got a man behind him. But to me, he's a wee bit isolated. And he's a, you know, in any normal football language, he's playing up front of his cell. You know? So I've got major concerns. I don't think he's an upgrade on Cholak, who I didn't really rate, right? I've spoken about him last no, season. No, I, I agree with you. I don't think Cholak was, you know, was, was the what answer. we needed either, but... I agree. I don't. You, you want to upgrade on him, and I'm not sure. In fact, I'm currently very worried that this <clears> isn't. Well, it doesn't seem as lethal in the box as Cholak. You know, Cholak no, would Trulak probably get a couple of chances and maybe take one of them. But a, I mean, this was yesterday. Apart from the one he scored, did a couple of kind of hitch kick efforts. And what, what I've kind of liked about him so far is he's tended to be in and around the right places at the right time. And you could then say, well, he's not getting the, the deliveries and the rest of it. I, there was a couple of boys went in yesterday that were very, very decent, and I'm expecting a, a supposed out-and-out striker to be making a front post or whatever. He's just not shown enough for me, and I worry that he's as one-dimensional as what we've had before. He's nowhere near a fit Morelis, who is right, but yeah, for for the money we've paid and for a guy that you know has supposedly held a first-team spot in Serie A, Okay, it's Cremonese. No, but still, yeah, I'm expecting more, a lot, lot more, and I don't think it's there. The attributes are not there, David. It's not going to change, unfortunately. So if he can play with Danilo, because in the very, very, very minuscule flashes we've had of him and Danilo on the pitch at the same time, it's actually been a wee bit of link up. 
Yeah, he's looked, he has looked a bit better in that, I would agree with that. And I don't think we spent that money on two strikers to no play them. To no play them. So there was clearly a plan in place to do that, that that's been abandoned. Um, equally, I would say we've looked better when we've had a bit of width, a bit of pace. Yeah, and do you know what? I'm going to sound a wee bit mental here. I'm, I, went to see, I wanted to see for the Bill Rangers team this year um, an adaptability to play different ways. I think since Gerard came, we've been too um, samey. You know, it's, been, uh, it's been variations of a 4-3-3 and I wanted to see things like, you know, come on to three the back, but I wanted to see us do that during the game. I wanted, I wanted us to be narrow and then wide. And what I wanted to see is uh, with ability to contrast because I think that's how you break teams. You, break, you know, if you're, if you're playing a team and it's not working and then you completely rewrite the way you're, you're set up during a game and you can deal with it, I think that's how you win leagues. Um, and yesterday, I was just doing Lammers for a second, I, I quite like him. You mentioned manipulating the ball. He, he seems bright. He's he's got something there that I think we can still work with. I think the further up the park is, aware and I know he doesn't score a lot of goals statistically. I quite like to see him play as a number nine and and see how he gets on because in and around the box we've not got enough heart, and we need players that actually can create something for themselves. And he seems to be a player that if you go up in and around the, the, the eighteen yard box. He may be able to get a shot off at least, you know. So I've still got hope for Lammers. Dessers, I'm concerned seriously about. Um, and those are two, they'll be a lot up front. Because we'll come on to this, David. If we'd scored one more goal yesterday, this pod, the atmosphere on that ground, the final whistle, everything is different. It was the hanging on that caused the consternation yesterday for me. Yeah, it did. And, you know, again, uh, Michael Beale after the match said we had to do things to win that game because we weren't playing well at all. Um, And by that, I think he was referring to the fact we ended up with a back five. And it was a back five, incidentally, by the end. It wasn't a three at the back. It was a five Um, with Lundstrom and Jack right in front of them. And basically, a bit... 2.5 2.5 attackers left on the pitch. Um, we were just trying to hold it. I think we were fortunate to hold it. I think, you know, Tav's made that goal line clearance, thankfully. Um, but, and Jack Butland's made a fantastic stop. But you're right. Um, I never got the sense that we were the likelier team in the second half. And I think that that's, that's kind of down to... You know, as as we mentioned, there is a frustration from the fans, and the reason for that is, and I've I've gone through all the games this season, all the competitive ones, right? Um, we weren't great in the friendlies either, but I've gone through all the competitive ones, and I thought we were decent for half an hour in the home leg against Servette, um, maybe the second half. PSV and Betis, we competed well. I wouldn't say that we were free flowing or anything, but you know, th- these were good sides. Uh, PSV at home, obviously, I'm not, you know, the mm. away one, no. But um, we, you know, they, they they worked hard. They got their blocks in. They fought. So, okay. But that, I'm struggling to pick out a match where I think, you know, we've played well there. Or I've come away going, yeah, that was really, really good, really entertaining. At best, coming out of games, Johnston is a good example of this, I think, or Ross County. You come out and go, solid enough. But there's been very little exciting, get you off your seat play. It's been much of a kind of 
you know, a muchness occasionally livened by one of the players or two of the players doing something a bit special? Hope and aspiration. I mentioned earlier on, sounds a bit wanky, right? But the eyes don't lie. We're all watching it and we don't need to be fairly well. We don't need to be educated football supporters to see that there's no click. There's no click and there's no sign of a click, right? Because even in recent history, we've had... um, the Gerard, the, the Gerard period, you could see that there was good coaching going on. You could see that there was a structure. You could see that the players at least knew roughly where each other, each other should be. There was good organisation, set pieces, all, all that kind of stuff. You, you can see that, and that gives you credit. And you know you're building towards something. Just now, we, it feels me like something's been dismantled and built. And, and we're watching it week on week. And you, you kind of... I mean, everybody knows I look for positives, right? I'm looking at something like, this is kind of unacceptable, you know? And to take yesterday in isolation, Motherwell, okay, they've, they've had a very, very good away record, but if we want to get to where we need to be, not where we want to be, where we need to be, that kind of statistic shouldn't even be a consideration, you know, when they come at Ibrooks. So the, the, we're not seeing any signs of life, really, except very, very sporadic wee bits and bobs, like Thursday night when the second half ignited because we were brave enough to, you know, for lunch to come and take the ball off the second half and play through the lines. And now, yesterday I thought, I don't think the team are playing for B. I've got to say that, right? And I'm jumping about a bit here, but I thought the tempo was okay. The ball was getting moved but no way any great purpose, you know, it gets moved about fast enough and they're no lingering on the ball, but it's no it's no going up the park and we're not creating chances and we don't seem to have a design to that end. We do not create enough chances. And if somebody's got the statistics, then I'd gladly argue black is white there. If, if the statistics say, yeah, we do, then I'll say, right, well, let's look at it because we're not creating good chances that suggest that we're capable of going on and scoring two, three, four goals against jobber teams in this league. That's a major red flag at this stage of the season. Um, David, it, it's, it's went from Kilmarnock to here and there's barely a ripple of, of improvement at all. And this is what's kind of getting to everybody because we get big games, you know, that Livingston game on Wednesday is massive. And I put on Twitter yesterday about the League Cup. The League Cup is... It's no fun to have to do or die for us, right? Because if, if we win that, then it could be transformative. But if, we, if, if something goes wrong in that League Cup campaign, then, you know... No, it's done. The, 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 the play, if Young gets toxic to then this place is going to go batshit. And it shouldn't be because we should be looking at who's left in that competition and sitting rubbing our hands. But at this moment in time, if we had to dig out a result against an Aberdeen or Hibs or Hearts at Hamden, you know, where it goes sticky and tight like yesterday... And you're saying, right, next goal wins. I kind of see us being the type of team that goes out and scores that goal because everything's so forced. There's nothing off the cuff. There's nothing natural about our attacking play. It's quite damning. And I think that's why Bill's got that worry in his eye just now. I seen him yesterday and he looked differently. And I watched it at home. I'm not back at the games yet. So I'm getting glimpses of him on Rangers TV. 
He's shaking his he's been no well, folks. He's not just he's not being disloyal. <laughs> uh, he has genuinely had a big operation. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, that is high. And, and even that, I'm trying to get back. So I don't even dare see any comments on part timer or something like that. That's, that's my line for other folk. Part timer, sorry. Uh, but he, Your operation was weeks ago. Get to fucking games. Uh, call me Jordan. Jordan Ross out of my ground. <laughs> Back to Bill with the telly. It was uh, you get to see him rolling his eyes and shaking his head. He he is seeing what we are seeing as well, and a worry that he's running out. Of, you know the answers. Uh, he's always been quite a convicted guy in my mind, but I think he might be sitting there saying, "Christ, what what do I try next?" And then he had injuries and everything else on top of it. I, I see a wee bit of worry in his eye, and, and it's it's justified. It's more than justified. Well, here's the thing, right? Um, we've not been playing well. We just made that point. People can disagree if they want. I, I really don't agree if they do. I, I don't necessarily see there's much justification for it. But um, we've not been playing well when everybody's been available. Well, common sense suggests that as options get limited through injuries, as they currently are, it's hard to see then that we're going to get better, um, that we're going to improve. If If the guys who were the first choices... Um, are not in the side, then it's it's difficult to see where the performances have come. So then it just becomes about results. But so, and I go, sorry, so I go back to the point I made, uh, and I think you could sense it yesterday. Everybody in that stadium, and he and he must know he's an intelligent guy, must know that you know if Motherwell had scored, then it was going to be get him out. He's got to go right, and it, mm. I mean, still plenty saying that afterwards. I'm just not sure how tenable a situation that is, where at any given point you're going into a match saying if he loses, he should be sacked, right? And I said that after the Celtic game, that there comes a point where I think a manager is too far gone in the eyes of the support to bring it back. Um, it was put to me, well, Big Ek, Maritimo and Aberdeen, I thought, right, that's fair enough, actually. You know, they were two games that had he lost, he might have been out. But so, okay, right, I get it. But, you know, we're going into Wednesday. Nobody's excited about going, Andy. It's, it's back to being a bit of a chore, and that's never the way it should be when you're going to Ibrox. I look forward to going to Ibrox because I like going to Ibrox and I like seeing my pals currently. But the football itself, you're walking in with a sense of, right, let's get this over with. The team need to start offering us something. It, it's this grind constantly where everything looks difficult, everything looks like a slog. And even average teams, poorer teams and Rangers, teams with a fraction of the budget, they occasionally play really well and score goals and, and get a victory. Um, Rangers just are not managing to do that at all. And look, the game on Wednesday night, I think we all understand before we go in, could be an assault on your eyes, really. <laughs> uh, um, so you've had something that's bang on there. This is why... He's not getting much leeway for injuries in schedule because, all right, we do have injuries just now and they're definitely going to impact how we can select and how we can set up and how we can play. But as you said, he's had a, more or less a full squad at times and I've still been thinking the play suit. And there's been, you know, we've been on flagships and pods about, you know, the misuse of Todd Cantwell and, and all sorts. So there's no credit there because immediately you say, but even when he had a full squad, Still, still was making poor decisions and baffling kind of um, structures. So 
that's why there's there's little goodwill um, at all, even from some sympathetic sycophants like me. But Wednesday night, you, you know, Livingston, we know exactly what Livingston are going to do. They're going to do this, the same as they did at the start of the season, and we struggled to do anything until we changed that width issue. Or width issues have, have been exacerbated, exacerbated even more yeah. because Matondo's not going to be there. Sima, it, it depends what pair of legs Sima's decided to put on on any particular given day, whether he plays well or, or no. I mean, sometimes I think he's, he looks great, and then yesterday, you know, he can't control a ball and he looks like a gazelle ch- chasing a beach ball. It's just no consistent, and, and the players need to take responsibility as much as Beal. But to, to your point about, you know, we're basically one misstep away for you, he needs to go, and the McLeish um, similarities, this can be turned around, right? I'm not stupid enough, and you, you, you've you seen enough of it, but I've seen enough of it, but you know, this can be turned around, but you're turning it around on a, on a tightrope. There is no margin for, for error whatsoever. It's a high-pressure situation for, for not only Bill, but the people who picked him. You know, it creates a tension in the whole place. I'd imagine that day to day that pressure is is lingering. If it's on, if it's no literal, it'll be unspoken. It just creates an environment where, you know, you, you can't make a mistake. I think yesterday, looking at the players, they've been they've been asked to go out and pre- play freely because early on in the game there was a lot of forward passing from you know centre half some midfielders that didn't come off come off we give a ball that we give the ball away cheaply. Yeah. But I was like right, really well I can live with that if we win the ball back quickly, right? Because all the good teams that you see playing for the back just now they, they take chances and you've got to take chances if you want to play that style of football. And I think we need to play that style of football to beat the teams that we come up against in our league. But we don't have the other side of it, which is the winning the ball back. And then it just became a pattern. They were giving the ball away every second pass and two, three, four yard passes were coming off. Yeah, so that, it became that symptomatic. Was why, yeah, that was why yesterday for me was totally unacceptable because injuries to other players shouldn't stop you being able to complete a five yard square ball. Mm-hmm. And yet we had players yesterday that couldn't do it collectively. It was, you know, horrendous, our use of the ball. And I think one of the factors that we need to look at is the drop-off in Tav, because we mentioned before that for a long time he's been the guy that go and do something, you mm-hmm. know, and, mm-hmm. and he did. But I just don't think the engine's there anymore. I just, you know, it happens to us all. Um, and he's played a lot of football, and I think you can see it this season. And even a couple of times yesterday where I thought Motherwell directly went at him, and he's, he's trying to switch on the afterburners, and they'll just know there's He's putting the foot in the pedal yeah. and there's no gas. So, so you you were sympathetic to Scott, right? I'm sympathetic to having you know, focal but listening, groaning. He's no he's not a player is and should we be surprised? No, because age is age and I'm a believer that everybody's got a shelf life. I still I still think he's solid enough and you know, if it wasn't for the high levels that we've had in the past, we wouldn't have really be that concerned about a right back playing at the levels he's playing just now per se, right? And I think if you took him out the out the team and you put in the boy Sterling, right? I think we'd be praying to Buddha and God and everybody else that you can pray to get him back in the team, right? But in, in saying all that, David, the, the setup of that team still relies too much on him. 
he's a playmaker. He's and a playmaker. That that's been the case for too long. And and this is the thing why I've always defended Tab and people over go. It's like how many times when the team's been playing shite is he just went and made something happen? Mm-hmm. Chips are and down. Go to Tav. Yeah, they go and they do and they defer to him. And I think that's part of the problem, by the way, that too many of them are quite happy to pass on responsibility for it. Um, in those situations, and I just don't think he can do it the way that he used to be able to do it. He's still capable of moments, of course he has, but um, I, I, and again, that's just that's time, <laughs> you know that that that's what that is. Um, <clears throat> but then when you're looking for other guys to step up, they're just not. Um, and I think you know we've been quite negative. I, I, I'm struggling today as I was struggling yesterday. Somebody said to me at the game, "I said that's the quietest I've ever heard you." Because I just there was nothing there to watch. It, it was grim. Um, everything about it, I thought, was was poor. Um, the, I thought the structure was bad. I thought the execution then of that was bad. Um, I just never got any confidence that it was going to be anything other than, at best, a one 0 victory once we'd got the goal. And you know, luckily it did play it that we got the victory. But it, I I always go back to right. A football fan. I think that patience extends until hope is gone. Mm-hmm. That's when a football fan, I think, turns completely. When they don't have hope that it will get better. When they can't point to something. Even kidding themselves on a wee bit, but they can't mm-hmm. go, because of this, I think it will improve. Mm-hmm. Right? And I think a lot of us are there. And somebody said, I got an email from a listener, and he said, you know, David, we need calm, and we need people like you to to, to be out there saying, you know, keep keep calm, uh, it will turn around, we just need to get behind. And normally I would, as you mm. know, right? And mm. you would mm. as well. And I said to him, I was like, mate, I can't because I don't believe it. And mm. people will know if I'm talking, people will know if I'm lying. And I'd be lying. If I said, I am confident that we are going to improve dramatically over the next few weeks and months. Now, I sincerely hope I'm wrong. And I will send Michael Beale a case of champagne if if I am. But I can't see, and I'm looking, Andy, I'm looking to try and find reasons to go, ah, this is why. And I just, I can't find any. And if the listeners can, that's that's great. Share them with me. I want them. But I just, yesterday really, you know, again, kind of was another one. But it just, because I, I, I was like you, coming out on Thursday, I thought something to build on, right? Mm-hmm. Something to build on. Good win that. Not, you know, I don't think it was silky football, but something to build on and to then turn that in yesterday and again that goes back to that trust and faith and belief thing of we never know what we're going to get from them we never we, we can't go into a game going I'm sure we'll do well tonight because too often you get that you get a step forward and then step and a half back the way mm-hmm. David you, you may as well be sitting there with an notepad and me lying on the psychiatrist shoes along <laughs> mate, because that's exactly I I me, me and you, you know, the listeners know me long enough for this point to know that I am usually the last bastion of optimism or, or, or try to tame for some of the wilder things that we hear. And the hope thing is exactly the reason that I'm the same page as you now because even with Gerard, I always thought, you know, there's a will to win there. There's a, a, there's a steely determination. It's unflinching. And we can see some things in the team... And it was really just fine margins that there were the difference between us getting to the line or no. And I just thought if we keep going, we'll get there. And with this current situation, 
it just it's just a shapeless mess because there's no structure. We talk about things as simple as patterns of play. There's still nothing there, really. We sometimes play for the back and then we're launching it, you know. Um, and the personnel, I know it changes from week to week, but I think we would have liked to have had some stability and just pick your best 11, Michael, and see what happens because that's how things transform. If I'm being if I'm being generous, right, and to temper some of the madness, a couple of goals here or there to see a game out and let us relax would make a world of a difference game to game. And this is why if we could just sort out our attacking um, potency, even 10, 15, 20%, and get a second goal at a nice time, I think that would just lift the, the pressure a wee bit. Because if, see if we scored at any point before the 70th minute yesterday, David. It would have been fine. It would have been fine. And, and, you know, it would have been a totally different dynamic. And it wouldn't be we got away with one and, you know, complete negativity and despondency. Um, so it is as simple when you boil everything down, right? We can talk about director, football boards, manager structures, everything. If somebody just puts one in the fucking pokey yesterday and makes it to nothing, the game's dead. But things like set pieces, <laughs> you know, um, you know wee, wee bits of inventiveness, stuff like that, it's no there, right? There's no spark whatsoever that suggests to me that we are a team capable of going out and score two, two, three, four goals, right? And that's the whole bit you've just spoken about. It, it's completely extinguished for me, and this is why I worry about Wednesday night versus Lewisham. I really worry against Aberdeen next Saturday because I watched them against Frankfurt, and you know they were actually quite good. And I've like, this is exactly what they'll do against us. I mean, even if they've been pissed, you know they're going to turn up against us. Yeah, well, yeah, there's, there's that as well. So, so, there, so there's n- nothing to look at the next couple of games and say, you know what, let's go in and, and fucking do it. Because I've been dying to go on Twitter and kind of say, um, let's call off the dogs, let's get behind the team, let, let, let's actually do our part. I would have near right to suggest that to my fellow Rangers fans, right? Because that that is a key point. That is an absolute key point, right? I I do get when people say, "Oh, get behind the team, back team," hundred percent, right? I get that, and it's a great sentiment. But there are also times when a team has tested your patience for as long as this team has this season, where what you actually need is the players need to take responsibility and say, "Do you know what, lads? We need to give them something." Right, we've we've got to spark this. We're the ones with the power to do that. I thought against Betis, it was noticeable. The fans were desperate to get behind mm-hmm. them, and when they did step forward and begin to play with a bit of fearlessness after yeah. about what thirty five minutes, the fans went right behind them. I do think the responsibility on this. I, I think it's a it's too easy a pass to say, "Oh, we need to do it. no, mm-hmm. no, we've been doing it. They need to give us something back." In my opinion. And, and you use the word their fearlessness, and, and this is the this is the dichotomy of what what Bill needs to do with this team. Because as I say yesterday, I think they started and they were taking brave passes. They weren't coming off, and it just descended into loose looseness, right? But <clears throat> the Betis game, the second half, as you say, we were brave enough to start taking the ball and turning on a half turn, move up the park, play through the lines, pass through the lines, right? And that takes bravery, especially against a team like Betis, right? And that is then where the the, uh, the fans responded. What we've got now is a situation where Rangers players individually, collectively, 
They need to be. They need to play fearlessly. Is that a word? <laughs> yeah, well, wait, 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 play without fear, right? They need to play without fear and, but under inscrutable pressure, right? This tightrope I'm speaking about. It's a very, very hard thing to do. Basically, go out and play your game. Don't make a fucking mistake because the place will go apeshit. And, you know, you could see, well, it's ever less, but right now I think both things, the volume has been turned up on both things. They need to get as fearless as they've ever been in their life, but also the, the kind of pressure that, that is awaiting to be unleashed upon them if something goes wrong badly, you know, you give a away and they lose a goal. That is, is, is something that is hard to handle. I was pleased to see Lundstrom play so well yesterday because he's a player that I think is affected badly by that dynamic I've just described. He he can be a key guy for us because he should be senior, he should be leading the way most games, but I think he sometimes feel the, feels the pressure for the stands and for, you know, whatever, existentially, and it affects his game, particularly all firm games, you know, the number of times he's just, he's just withered into himself against Celtic has, has been a real source of frustration. So guys like him, Goldson, you know, in fact, everybody, it doesn't matter how senior or not unsenior, they need to take this mentality side of things and absolutely rip it up. It's a huge test, Davey. I like yeah. to think that when adversity hits you in life or, or whatever, that you see what you're made of. It's no time to see what they're made of and they need to get themselves out of this rut and they need to do it starting Wednesday. And see when they get the advantage, see when they, get, when they feel as if they've turned a corner like Thursday. Don't burn the fucker. Keep it going. That's what's been frustrating me about uh, Sunday. Thursday, Sunday, Betis, Sunday, build on. <laughs> Sunday, Monday, here we are in a podcast, you know, talking Yeah, and the, the manager said exactly, he says, I, I can't, he actually said, and this is a quote, I don't understand how you can walk off the park at 10 o'clock on Thursday with a feeling that you've got after mm-hmm. that and then turn in that display today. Yeah. That that's that's coming from the manager, so I don't think it's in any way unreasonable for us to feel like that. Do you know what they need to do, Davey? They need to go down the horseshoe bar and get absolutely pushed like Walter used to do with Ali and Durant and everybody else. A few of them look like... No, I won't. Go, go, go. That joke. <laughs> go, go, Carlton. Paintballing. And then we'll see what happens. Let's, let's try that. We've tried everybody else, haven't we? Well, it's, it's got to be worth a shout. Jack Butlin's great, but at least... Thankfully, yeah, I know we'll sell them in January. Make fucking better, no. I, no, I'll, 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 I'll torch New Edmonton House if that happens. Uh, <laughs> you know, and 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 not even try. I'll just sit there with my petrol can, waiting for the cops to come and get me. Um, yeah, he's 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 a proper player, isn't he? Um, well, he's a leader as well. Leader, leader. yeah, that's a word. He's seen in the first ten minutes when uh, a couple of the straight passes I was talking about. He's he, run, he runs out. Alan McGregor, you know, not quite as venomous, but um, he runs out and starts giving him a bollocking. And I can sense that he does that in the dressing room as well. And, and the more we've got like that, the better. He seems to get it, he seems to understand. I think other players are starting to, well, if they're no now, then they never will. But I think they understand that, you know, Todd Cantwell, this isn't in Orich, you know, I think they understand that things like this will happen because. There is no football at Rangers yet winning football, and and it doesn't matter. Nothing else matters. So you know, I'm hoping that some of these guys are forced into fire. They're currently in. I doubt some of them. Some of them will pass the mark, but they they really need to. They need to put a run together. They need to start delivering a bit of belief, as you say, and 
when me and you are hoping again and thinking about things and, and you know the league's back in sight, let's let's revisit this pod and laugh about it. Oh, 100%. And like I say, be the first to hold my hands up and say I got that totally wrong. Um, and I, I really do hope I am. I've been plenty. So I, I'm, um, di- I'm dying for people to do I mean, we spoke about it and we know what we think should happen and you know it's quite ruthless actually, but I'm dying for Bill to get a break. And, and on the Thursday night, I was like, I, I'm delighted for Bill to get a sleep tonight. You know, his wife will be more happy. I just, I want him to succeed so much, just like any Rangers manager. Um, so it's no that we're, we're sitting here saying Bill must go because we've got some kind of issue. I would be delighted to see him rip it up completely. Yeah, but it's on them. There's only, you know, like I say, I think it's past the the point of, as I say, it's to do with the fans doing X or Y or, you know, me asking a question in a press conference. It comes down to the players going out there and showing us, actually, you, you can believe in us. You can believe we're going to deliver for you. Here's some evidence for it. Um, and it won't all come in, you know, one game and completely change everything. You need to build a... A case, if you like, don't you? You need to yeah. build a, a portfolio, for whatever you want to call it, a folder full of evidence. At the moment, there's there's none. I mean, really, I, I can't see any. So start and Wednesday night is the place to do it. Right then, folks, thank you very, very much for joining us on today's show. Uh, Cammy will be back later in the week with Heart and Hand Extra to go through the match against Livingston and look forward to the match against Aberdeen at the weekend. Andy, thank you so much, as I say, for stepping in at the last minute. It's hugely appreciated, my friend. I'm doing nothing else anyway, but there you go. Ah, you're busy getting better. Well... Aye, if you can't, <laughs> I should watch the telly and reading your phone's getting better. This is the fundamental difference between me and Andy. Andy is like a, a go-getter and hard worker and achiever. <laughs> so him sitting on his couch, he's like, I'm bored shitless, I need back to work. That's a phrase I have never used <laughs> in my 46 years on this planet. Uh, I've been but, checking emails, you know that. And, and oh, I, you, I fucking knew that. They know that. I bet they've told you naughty as well, haven't they? They have, they have. They yep. Have, yeah, yeah, but uh, oh, that's, that's why I keep them about, folks. Right, uh, thanks to our executive producers in London, Mike Lee and Paul Myers. I'll be back here next Monday, hopefully celebrating two victories. Until then, folks, take care. Bye-bye, everyone. Podcast Network.